0: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Pothic and right? I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual, welcome aboard, welcome aboard to my wonderful people. E2247 says, well, I won't say what you said yet. Melanie Keelan, welcome aboard. You're here right on time. Michael Rodnin tagging Arturo Rodriguez. Looks like you're going to be on today. We also have with us, of course, uh, AVQ, who is who has all the information, Yvette avery Herod, our union activist, the one who gets things done. If I haven't seen you yet, just go ahead and throw your name out there, send me a quick message, I'll get to it quick. We have two stuff to go through real quick, so let me go ahead and get started. EPA moves to restore vital public health protections with proposed mercury finding this is one of the starkest differences between democrats and republicans as democrats work to make sure public health is upheld while republicans are just fine with treating our atmosphere along with the rest as open sewers for corporate pollutions just to maximize profits at the people's expense this is a bit of a long one but i hope you read it i'll read it i'll read it you don't have to tell me that just Post the darn thing. Guys, you guys run the show. Today, EPA administration Michael Regan has taken a critical step towards restoring vital health protection. There is no question, none, that it is an appropriate and necessary to limit people's exposure to mercury and other hazardous pollutants for coal and oil-fired plants. Their proposal unequivocally reaffirms that in reinforcing what science has long made clear, these protections provide towering benefits, uh, towering benefits that far outweigh the cost, we also know that hazardous air pollution is still killing and sickening people. The cost and consequences of of this ongoing pollution and the fact that it harms of air pollution fall disproportionately on low income communities and communities of color have never been more evident. While today's proposal is vital, it's only a start. We strongly support the EPA not just upholding but strengthening these rules beginning with today's additional request for information It should also be said today's insurance never should have had to happen. The Trump administration's revocation of the appropriate and necessary finding was based on egregious manipulation of sites to favor polluters. Today's proposal, with the clear commitment to evaluating the best available sites, marks another point of progress in the ETS return to its mission of putting people, not polluters, first. Numero dos. amid Push for ban lawmakers traded $355 million of stock in 2021. Can you believe that? Democratic Representative Mark Pocan tweeted, Members of Congress should be, should be, focused on their constituents, not advancing their own. You, you shouldn't have to say that, should you? You shouldn't have to say that. Only 113 members of Congress have divulged stock transactions completed by themselves or members of the families in 2021. This problem of insider trading corruption is likely more much worse than this as only a fifth of Congress have openly disclosed your stock market activities. It... Anyone else were to do this, they'd be investigated by the SEC. Might be stark libertarian position, but Congress themselves must respect the laws of everyone else must follow. I I, I agree, brother. I agree. NASA James Webb Space Telescope turns on cameras to look at the first target. This is going to be something amazing, and I am waiting to see the first publicized images in the days to come. But these initial test images won't be its best. The telescope still needs to be finished. It's lengthy cool-down procedure to reach its optimal operation te- operating temperature less than a month to go before we start seeing the universe with new eyes and last but not least Romel Senor Rodnin says Seth Meyers closer look on Trump rally at some point he says at some point you just have to admit this is pro-insurrection movement one thing you can always count on it with Trump is that eventually he'll tire himself out and just confess said Seth Meyers at late night he can't help it he just blurts it out. He did with collusion. He did it with Ukraine. And that's exactly what he did over the weekend with a statement in which he admitted he wanted his vice president, Mike Pence, to overturn the election. There is no crime Trump could commit that he would later confess to Seth Meyers said. He just exhausts all the excuses until he says, screw it, I'm guilty, baby. <laughs> if it had been him instead of OJ, the quote would have been, the gloves don't fit, but you don't need the gloves to stab a guy. <laughs> this right here is why I want Trump to testify under oath. Doesn't matter the jurisdiction, whether New York financial crimes or Georgia subordinate election interference, Trump can't help but lie, and then he's done. Senor Norman Reynolds, plus one, let's go to E2247 says, Hello, relatives. Today's visit. Be the greatest ever visit, better than yesterday, if you believe it is possible, I love you E2247. Michael Ronan says, tagging Arturo Rodriguez, I said that already, and I think I saluted Miss Keaton already, and let's see, I think I saluted also my very good friend Yvette Avery Herod, and Alistair Eve, welcome aboard my friend, I think you are in Conro. welcome to my dear friend Alistair Eve, Alistair Eve, let's see who else we got here. Uh, Tom C, my brother Greetings from mid-Michigan The guy who wrote the, 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 the poem Vanilla Island Don't forget to check it out At our website And anywhere else That brother Tom C has it Greetings from Michigan He says Waiting for snowstorm Of 8 to 14 inches Another reason Besides COVID to stay inside. E2247, I see your web telescope and raise you a terrifying satellite dashboard. Anyway, look folks, to get our, our country moving right, all of us have to engage. All of us have to hug our right wing brothers and sisters. We got to get them involved, we got to tell them, We got even as they shout out the crazies, we have to be there. We have to give them a place to land. And you know who does all these great things? Our great activists out of Houston. And they've been stalking good old Corning for a long time. So when I understood it was the fifth anniversary of them stalking, five years continuously of stalking Cornyn and making sure and holding him accountable. I called up Neil Aquino, one of the leaders of that movement and said, hey, what you got? Let me hear what you guys are doing out there. So without further ado, let's go. Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. This is Egberto Willis, your host. We are out there in the field today with Houston, one of Houston's premier activists, Neil Aquino. Neil, talk about what you guys are doing out there in the streets of Houston, Texas.
1: We're here for the five-year anniversary of the John Cornyn Houston office protest. We've been here uh, since uh, for five years. This is week 260, and we believe elections matter. And we believe that these uh, climate, uh, climate change, and democracy issues are headed to the street as well in some type of mass movement. And so we set the example by physically showing up for five years.
0: Now, Neil, go ahead and go into that crowd. Let me see some of those great people that are out there with some of those signs that you guys have out there. Because see.
1: here are some of the patriots right here. This is Egberto Willie's. There's Ira. We've got a Willy's Willis on right
0: here. Hey, let me talk to Ira. Ira is, a, Ira is a great contributor to Politics Done Right.
1: Say it again, Egberto.
0: I want to talk to Ira. Ira is a great, great Hi. friend of Politics Done Right.
1: Ira, Egberto, would like to confer with you on your love of freedom.
0: Hey, Ira. Hey. How are hey, you doing, sorry, sir? I'm good. I'm good to see you, my friend. It's great to see you guys. The first thing I want to tell you guys is thank you for what you guys are doing. The only way we are going to survive is if people like you guys out there are doing what you're doing.
1: Thank you. We are the true patriots and matriots.
0: Exactly, exactly. The true patriots and matriots. Tell me a little bit about what you are doing for the movement right now.
1: What am I doing for the movement? Immediately after this street protest, I'm joining a group of volunteers to meet with Sylvia Garcia, Texas 29, via Zoom, to get her
0: to endorse Medicare for All. You know, uh, excellent. Great. Thank you for doing that Medicare for All thing. I've been following a lot of the work that you've been doing with Medicare for All. You know we're all on the same page. We are going to, in the long run, brother, get that done. Let me have Neil again.
1: Thank you. Thank you, my friend.
0: Thank you for what you do.
1: All right, Brandon. Like, Brandon, let me just show you. Paul Johnson, the best sign maker in town. Five years.
0: Hey, Paul, how you doing?
1: Thank you. And there uh, we go. And we got we got a good crew today. And uh, we've been here out on this corner, Memorial and teetering, fifty three hundred Memorial Drive, every Tuesday. 11.30 to 1. No end in sight. Regretfully.
0: Now, let, let me tell, I want to tell our audience something, Neil, and this is important. I hope you can hear me because I want you to hear me. This is what it really takes. People have to understand that the only way we make a change is when we don't only engage online, but when we physically engage like Neil Aquino and Ira and all these other great patriots out there. But the other side always talk about, we are the patriots. These are the patriots that you're looking at because they are looking out for every single American and just not a few. Give me some closing words, Neil.
1: Well, uh, you you said it. we're going to have to physically show up. Voting matters, but these fights, even if they pass voting rights legislation, which they don't seem to be able to do, there's no guarantee that the Republican governors or the courts wouldn't nullify it and turn it over. So we are gonna physically be on the street. We don't know what a mass movement looks like in the 21st century, but we are setting the example of physically showing up and additional elections are are important. You can believe both at once without it being an
0: inconsistency. Neil Aquino, extra art, uh, activist extraordinaire out of Houston, Texas, covers the entire Houston metropolitan area and beyond, a, a resident of, a previous resident of Cincinnati. Thank you so kindly for being with politics. That's Thank right, you, and,
1: and all, the, all your many viewers, Thank you.
0: All right, folks. That is what it's going to take, and I. Th- these are all all what I call in back here in Houston. My my East bonus. You know, these are these are our peeps that you know we we've been working hard. We got we worked so hard. We got somebody that should never have been elected into the most important woman in Texas, uh, Lina Hidalgo, a very young a woman a woman the age of my daughter to run the entire. Count Harris County the most powerful politician in the largest county in Texas that's what real activism does and it's going to be hard to get her to keep that job because again young and you know all the old timers thought how the hell did you guys do that we did so um, it, it, you can make it. every single person that is listening to my voice whether you're sitting behind a computer or you're doing otherwise you make a difference And you can make a difference. Activism work, engagement work, and convincing others to modify or to not modify their thinking, to come to conclusions themselves on things that are important, very important. Even working with the anti-vaxxers, I want to play this, this, this here because I hope some of my anti-vaxxer people are going to listen to this and see that Fox News and all of them are crooks that while they make sure and they're vaccinated, while they make sure and do their separation, while they do all the they're screwing you guys into buying crap to support them. Listen to this and then brothers and sisters will take it on the other side. When we allow psychopaths to reign, when we allow a group of people, small group, to gain the kind of power that allows them control over many of us. What we get is the beginning, the destruction of society. And society is destroyed one person at a time, one group at a time. I want you to listen to this, uh, this cop, and I, I don't want to necessarily call him an anti-vaxxer, but he is an anti-vaxxer who refused to take the vaccine and he was proud in doing so and he was exuberant in his new fame, he told the governor to go kiss his you know what. Check this out, we'll take it on the other side.
2: Robert LeMay was a Washington state police officer who became something of a hero on the anti-vax right after he was fired from his job last October for refusing to get vaccinated. LeMay gained particular notoriety for his rather crude send-off to Washington's Democratic Governor Jay Inslee. This is my final sign-off. Um, after 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington, being asked to leave because I am dirty. This is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car. Me and Jay Hinsley can kiss my ass. In addition to a number of glowing segments that video earned LeMay two interviews on Fox News, including one with the network's primetime star, Laura Ingram, who said the officer had become a celebrity for his refusal to get vaccinated. What's next for you, other than being a celebrity now? What's next for you? I'm the spokesperson for thousands and thousands, I even say millions of people. I think there's 2 million people that have actually viewed it. It's been 99% positive from everybody. Wow. I think this is my path right now. There's a lot a of job offers that I'm getting, phenomenal job offers. Alright, well, um, a, I'm a just sleeping to, giant. Yeah, we maybe yeah, a, yes, sleep, yeah. a sleeping giant, so hopefully we hope that that's what's happened here. A month ago, LeMay was tragically hospitalized with COVID, and after spending some time on a ventilator, he succumbed to the virus last Friday. He leaves behind a wife and four children. LeMay was a, a true believer who really did not trust the vaccine, and, and he lived his values in principle. LeMay is also not alone. I mean, a staggering number of law enforcement officers have died from COVID. In fact, it has been their leading cause, of all cops in the country, the leading cause of death for two years now. It's also a microcosm of a larger daily tragedy in America that's almost unfathomable, we're still losing a shocking number of people every day. Now, roughly a year after vaccines became widely available, an average of around 2,500 Americans are dying day after day after day after day after day. 2022 will be another year in which COVID is one of the leading causes of death in America. In fact, more people died from COVID in one 11-day period this month than have ever died from homicide in an entire year In this country's history, the vast majority of those deaths are entirely preventable. That's what's so maddening and so upsetting, because all it takes is a few shots to confer hugely beneficial reduction in risk. The horrifying tragedy of America right now is embodied in this story of this individual who lived his values, who was not pretending, who really did what he believed in. Those values, no doubt informed by right-wing media, including Fox News. Robert LeMay did that interview with Laura Ingram from his squad car. She appeared to be safely ensconced in some remote studio. Ingram's almost certainly vaccinated, probably boosted because she works for Fox News, a company that takes this virus very, very seriously, at least behind the scenes. They've got all sorts of regulations. They mandate a vaccine or constant testing for their employees. But of course, that message does not make it to the committed viewers of the network. No, no, no. They only hear the anti-vax talking points that made Robert LeMay a celebrity for their own ratings, for fame, For cynical monetary purposes, I think they do. I don't know. They don't have enough money. Uh, That network, which is overseen by CEO Suzanne Scott, she's the woman who calls the shots over there, and you should know her name, has decided to fan the flames of vaccine resistance. And those flames are getting thousands of people killed. Thousands and thousands and thousands. And when those people die, they are, of course, forgotten by Fox News. LeMay passed away on Friday. And as of this afternoon, the network has not mentioned his death once.
0: As of this afternoon as of day, the Fox News has mentioned nothing about LeMay's death. You know, it's easy to sit back and say, "Well, he deserved it." It's easy to sit back and say, "Well, uh, Darwinism, survival of the fittest. If you decide to be willfully ignorant, then you deserve what comes with it. It's easy to say all those things. I want to say them myself. Then I realize in doing so. I would be no better than the psychopaths at Fox News, than the psychopaths that run our corporations who refuse to give away these vaccines in as much as much of the vaccine was developed by we the people. I would be just as much a psychopath of all of those who profiteered from this disease. Again, if you take a look at the stats, many a billionaire was created during this pandemic they took advantage of the amount of businesses that had to close, the amount of people that could no longer work and concentrated all that wealth accumulation for the few that could create that infrastructure to work under a pandemic psychopaths Fox News, psychopaths, the corporatocracy, psychopaths, those that are increasing prices because they can, they have price power, their competition because of COVID is gone, psychopaths. Folks, let's understand what's going on. All of this can be mitigated if we get the right progressives in power. And don't forget that who you get in power matters. It's not about Republican or Democrat. Because remember, we have a lot of neoliberals that are Democrats, and they help nothing either. They help nothing either. We need progressives in power who cares about people. This is. And a progressive doesn't have a party attachment to it Right now they live in the Democratic Party But they could live anywhere Back in the 1960s The progressives, a large percentage of them You know where they resided? In the Republican Party You know who's very responsible for passing uh, the laws that, the, the civil rights laws? Not Democrats, Republicans Yes it was under El Senor Johnson But a lot of, Demo- a lot of Republicans came to pass Because the Dixiecrats weren't going to do it And then they left and became the new Republicans I hope people know their history. I hope we know our history. The history that they don't want you to learn in school anymore. The history they want you to forget because they're scared. If you believe like I do, that most people are good, just uninformed, misinformed, willfully ignorant and otherwise, then it means that if people are informed accurately, and, and, and continuously, in the long run, they're going to see a corporatocracy. they're going to see a plutocracy, they're going to see a system that was designed to keep us fighting each other because we would not allow the few to take advantage of us the way they do right now. That you work as, no matter, you may, you may make $200,000, but what is it that the plutocracy is doing to you? Let's, let's remember that. Okay, I want to get to uh, one other piece before I get to Arturo uh, Dominguez. Uh, it's about the media. I want you to check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. And, uh, and then by then, I think it'll be half the show. So let's go. Uh, this interview with uh, Farid Zakaria and Amy Walter, a well-known journalist, gave me pause. I want you guys to listen to this And then let's go ahead and take it on the other side.
1: Biden is a genial guy. He's pretty mainstream. And he has passed two very large pieces of legislation. And trillion dollar infrastructure bill. We've been waiting for 20 odd years for this. The COVID relief bill. And when you pull most of the key aspects of those bills, they're pretty popular. So to me, at least this does present something of a puzzle.
3: Right. So I think you have to go into the mindset now for just a traditional regular voter who is somebody who's not spending a whole lot of time following politics, thinking about politics. They pretty much have a low opinion anyway of Washington and people who work in Washington. What they're looking for is what's going on right now uh, in my own life and how are people whose job it is to be public servants, how are they making it better or worse? and what i hear in focus groups is just a feeling of a, a sort of malaise people say that they're disappointed or they're anxious or they're frustrated they feel as if right we're still sort of trapped in this covid um cycle we can't seem to break out of it and continues to impact everything from childcare to schools to what's available on the shelves inflation is a real problem and it's Pinching people's pockets significantly, so I think at its core, Fried, what happened was I, over the course of the spring and the summer of twenty of twenty twenty one, you had voters looking at a president who seemed to be fulfilling all of those things he said he would do as president, right? But then the summer came, and the summer brought a dose of really harsh reality. It was like a real punch in the gut, right? You get the Delta variant coming and really disrupting all those plans for COVID to be over. Inflation really starts to hit. Obviously, the um, the pullout in Afghanistan and the fallout there. And um, voters started to look now and say, "Well, the guy that we thought was going to be in charge of taking care of the staffer, who was the competent one, suddenly isn't looking so competent anymore. And once you lose voters on a question of competency, it's hard to get them back until you can prove that you are able to, you know, to handle the, just the basic stuff. All
0: right, the first thing that I want to talk about is the first thing that she said was so true. Americans, they're busy. They don't have time to really sit back and figure out and learn about the minutia. But you know what? In a real system where truth abounds, where you have a free press. They shouldn't have to. Because there is a press that ostensibly will be telling them the truth, that ostensibly would be informing them, that ostensibly would be telling them when some a politician or private enterprise or whatever tries to screw them. That is what the fourth estate should be doing, the media. So Amy Walter goes out and she talks as if this press is a passive observer of Americans' thoughts, the thought process of Americans. But here's the truth. They are the ones who instigated the thought process in America as it is. I mean, she talks about everything seemed to have been going fine before, uh, you know, he, he got his two bills passed. Everything worked fine. But then came uh, Delta, and Delta put things all back, you know, it it made it, the, the, the disease came, it disrupted the economy, it did all these things. True. But how was that reported? That was not a Biden's failure. That was really a failure of not only that we got a variant, but it was a failure of Republicans not pushing their people to get vaccinated so that it would have slowed down the infection rate. It's a failure of capitalism where instead of getting that vaccine and, 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 and vaccinated the entire world to really slow down on the spread so that the economy could thrive, they didn't want to do that because they had to make money. The, 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 there are issues that are real and that, that Repu- a large percentage of Republicans politicians were encouraging their people not to follow mandates were encouraging their peoples not to get vaccinated that's a part of the story that isn't incompetence on the part of biden did biden and those guys make mistakes by saying oh things are going to be better quicker etc of course they did but why had people followed the rules gotten vaccinated had people do what they needed to do things would have been much better she fails to come out and say inflation she just talks about, well, he cannot control inflation. Do you want government control of inflation or do you want the private sector control of, of these things? I mean, we could zap on price controls right away, but we we leave that alone. As opposed to the press saying it is the, the, the inflation is mostly caused by the incompetence of the private sector. Americans don't know that, but it's a fact. They're the ones who created just-in-time inventory which screws you if you have a pandemic or screws you if you have a delay in the supply chain. They're the ones who instituted we are going to do things at, at, we, we are all, we are going to manufacture most of our stuff overseas. They're the ones who instituted that. The private sector are, is directly responsible for inflation right now. It is directly responsible as well with Uh, Republican politicians and recalcitrant Democrats for all these things that are occurring. And the media has failed terribly in telling Americans the genesis of our real problems. So when Amy Walter goes on TV and says, well Americans are souring on the president, they are souring on the president not because of things that are mostly in his control, but mostly things that are in the control of those who are sabotaging the American people, numero uno, and numero dos, those uh, those corporations who are taking advantage of Americans. And if the media reported accurately, then the president would have its due. It is, it is utterly impossible that Americans could possibly think Donald Trump's Poll numbers should be similar to that of someone like Joe Biden. And that, that I'm not even a huge Joe Biden supporter. But it just shows you the effect of horrendous and terrible mainstream media and right-wing media uh, coverage. It is simply terrible. And that, it is absolutely, simply terrible. But folks, you know what time it is right now. Let's go ahead and get my... Little thing in, and then we'll continue. Willis, as host of Politics Done Right, a progressive radio media show on Pacifica Networks, KPFT 9.1 FM, Houston, that engages all ideologies. I found that our political angst isn't mostly ideological. There is a well-designed effort by many in power to control us. If we are at each other's throats, we are less likely to demand our economic and local wishes. In that light, I wrote three books. I wrote the first one titled, as I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right wing doom to describe the entire economy in a manner we can all understand. It highlights why it was designed to pilfer most as it empowers a few, the chosen. The second book titled, it's worth it, how to talk to your right wing relatives, friends and neighbors, take it to the next level. After understanding how the system pilfers, it is incumbent that we can speak to our peers to empower a change. The third book. How to make America Utopia take away the economy from those who rigged it gives us a place to land. After learning about our economy that is dysfunctional for most and learning how to engage the other side, we point out what would make an economy that works for all. Each book stands on its own, but together they provide the full picture. Please consider getting one or more. You will undoubtedly learn, be entertained, and help us continue the mission with our blogs, articles, videos, and books. All right, folks, please, please, please remember, go ahead and try that. If you are on YouTube right now, please give us a thumbs up. I don't see people clicking on those thumbs up, so please give us a thumbs up numero uno on YouTube. Give us a like on on, on Facebook Live. Uh, give us a follow at Egberto, Willis, uh, Egberto Willis, at Egberto Willis on Twitter and do whatever you do on Twitch. Now. Please remember, if you are on YouTube, click that Join button. Click that Join button. Become a part of our PDR Posse on YouTube. Click that Join button. If you don't see a Join button, we still have a way for you to do it. How do you do it? You just go ahead and click po- or click on politicsunright.com slash YouTube. Click on politics, or rather, go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube, politicsunright.com slash YouTube. By the way, we need some Patreons. Patrons is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash patron. Patron spell spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, we've been backing off on Patreon for a while, so please, if you have the wherewithal to, uh, go ahead and become a, a subscriber at politicsdoneright.com slash patron. Likewise, you can you can support us at politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal, politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Remember those books that you just saw me talk about on that, that promo? Please go ahead and go to politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books. I promise you, you're going to like it. You're going to get a lot out of those books. You're going to get a a viewpoint that you never probably had before. And by the way, we've updated our store. Check out all the good stuff at the store, politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store. And don't forget, there is a catch-all. There is a catch-all. The catch-all is at politicsandright.com slash support politicsandright.com slash support gives you the option to get everything we have. Let's see what we got here before I jump to Arturo Dominguez. Um, Bruce Pollard said with something that is true nobody deserves to die and that's why I said you know when you see these people that are so obstinate and you, 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 you want to say I, go ahead die but then it makes you who they are and that's what we never want to become. Who They are who they are. Daniel Edos says I lie. I told him, please name me one lie. He won't name me. He said he's gonna email it to me. So when he emails me my lies, we'll make a show out of all the lies that I've told. We'll make because here's the deal: if there's a misinformation that I give you guys, the one thing I I believe in, if I tell you something that's wrong, I am going to correct it in real time. I'm going to correct it with my own face, with my own voice. I have no problem being wrong as long as I am in fact proven wrong. Because if I am going to be preaching about preaching about teaching the truth, talking the truth, I got to walk the rope. So Danielle Doe, I promise you, if you send me that sheet with all the lies that I've told, I am going to bring that sheet to our audience, and I will apologize for anyone that's really a lie, anything that needs correcting, I will. Absolutely so. So I await your Excel spreadsheet or however you're going to send it with all the lies that I've told. I can't wait. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Para ver para ver. Para ver. If, if I miss your message, forgive me. Um, let's see. Paravet, uh, Paravet. Para Maywood says, let's see. Oh, Maywood is talking to Eric Hayes. Um, I saw another one that I wanted to pick up on real quickly. Egberto Truth Teller, you are. Thank you very much for that, uh, brother. E two two four seven. Peggy Lopez, that's who I wanted to see. I saw a message from Peggy that was pretty substantial. Uh, uh, Let's see. Let's let me find you, Peggy. Let me find you, Peggy. Peggy, Peggy, where is Peggy? Peggy Lopez says, that's why I wanted to read Peggy Lopez. I know I had it to remember it. Seventeen thousand railroad workers took steps to strike. A U.S. District Court judge granted a temporary restraining order blocking the strike, making railroads more dangerous for the workers and the public. I find it ironic that in a capitalist system, supposedly, a system where you have the right to work or not, that 17,000 guys said we are not going to work unless we get certain things. And, you know, it is up to the capitalist company to negotiate with them. Because they want to be more than slaves, so they to negotiate with them. And this and the capitalist come simply goes to the judge and says, Hey, judge, these guys don't want to work. Force them to work. Remember people. Hey, by the way, Yvette Avery, give us some notions on that, Yvette. You are the experts on, on unions and how a judge can force a union to work. Imagine, people don't want to go to work because they're saying they're not they're not, they're keeping us in in uh, Unsafe safe situations, and a judge is going to say, get your butt to work, whether you like it or not. Remember what I talk about antiseptic slavery? You guys said, no, Egberto, you just talk crap. That's what antiseptic slavery, and you remember when I told you guys that what we're having in the United States with the court system is they want control of the courts because the court is undemocratic, right? In other words, once you're assigned to the bench, you are on the bench, and the courts now, since... Whenever, whenever progressive pass laws now, because we have a a, a a a a supreme court, an illegal supreme court, in my opinion, can come back and say that progressive law is invalid. Look at the at the blog that I wrote. I'll try to find it where I said the Republican Party is ensuring minority rule by running the judiciary, and that is exactly what's happening. And Peggy Lopez just gave a perfect example. Muchisimas gracias, Peggy Lopez. Tiala Wilson says, LOL, me and, and one in my family died or was hospitalized from 5 to 87 and we had Delta and Omicron go through our family. Those vax, all uh, come... Uh, okay, Tiala, you know, let me tell you something that happened to one of my videos. I kept on reading anti-vaxxer messages and to correct the messages thereafter. And YouTube pulled down one of my videos. I had to go to YouTube and says, look guys, I am doing the right thing. I am, I am actually helping people who don't understand the science how to do this. All right. Peggy Lopez says, just read 1619. I'm a second generation American and the book has me thinking about my genealogical relationship to slavery in this world. Great book. I do not know what all the hubbub is about. They don't want... The problem, uh, uh, Peggy, is if enough people read this book, like I've said, the reality is most people are good and when they learn the truth as opposed to the lies that have been told in, in, in sanitized history, that we are all going to coalesce to the same place. The good ones, the bad ones will remain being evil. But most of us, the vast majority of Americans are going to come together and realize our own in, in, in intrinsic humanity. If Ed Avery Herod... I, I says I definitely don't agree with a judge being the one saying go back to work. I'm sure it would depend on if it is a a, a right wing state to see whether a right to work state to see whether it would be upheld. Muchísimas gracias for your response, uh, uh, Avery. I mean, uh, Yvette. All right, we're going to Arturo Dominguez. This is one of my good friends, hell of a writer, and somebody that we'd need to give a hell of a lot more exposure to check out his work. Let's go and get busy with El Señor Arturo Dominguez. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. We are honored today to have once again El Señor Arturo Dominguez, who is the author of, I think it's Latin Rebels. What's the name of the, the, your rag?
4: Oh, I'm Antagonist Mag. The Antagonist Magazine at antagonistmag.com.
0: Okay, the, the antagonist Magazine.com, but there's a whole lot more that you do because you're also with and I'm going to have that in the, um, in the lead up to, to this thing, all the places that you're actually blogging and writing at. You're one of our preeminent writers out here. But anyhow, the, the, one of the reasons we're talking, um, Arturo, is that it, at one of our writers' organizations, Woke, we were discussing an issue with John Ligu- Liguosano, who had something to say. Why don't you tell us that story and we'll move on from there?
4: Well, I'll try to sum it up without butchering it. Essentially, you know, he had he made a comment during an interview where he had said that, um, you know, he avoided the sun to um, maintain a more white appearance so that he's, I guess, more appealing to, you know, directors and casters and stuff like that. Um, And there was a couple there's a lot of things to take away from that, I think, because you know, I understand where he's coming from. Uh, Let
0: let me stop you there because you, you are, you as being a Latino who can pass, I was actually surprised as well, your reaction, right? Because whereas this group that we were uh, discussing, this group of writers, I was a predominantly African-American type group Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and whereas most of the people in that group looked at it like, Oh, great thing that he did. They, they actually were very forgiven. You actually mm-hmm. got pretty darn upset. Explain. Well, my
4: being upset, I, I was a little disappointed because um, to me, I, I it runs a little contradictory to everything he stood for. So in, in a sense for he's had, he's had clout for a while. Okay. Um and, and and I think that maybe he should have called it out sooner, but he also participated in uh, perpetuating that 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 uh, whiteness type of thing. You know, light light skin is better. You know, you hear it in the black community too about colorism in Hollywood, stuff like that. You know, it's a big problem across the board. And in a sense, like I'm a huge John Lewis. i fan. I like I, a personal favorites of mine are all his one man shows. They're Like really good, really well thought out. And, and he's a great talent, but, um, and, and one of the reasons I'm trying to get in touch with him is because I want to try to see how, how I can navigate this area, you know, being a huge fan of his and a supporter of all his advocacy and like he understands racism, he understands colorism. He knows it better than most people do. And I, I to me, I felt like that comment and then, you know, a tweet that he put it out in 2020 after a bunch of Black actors won some uh, awards and stuff. You know, he's talking about, you know, why can't Latinx get a piece of the pie? The timing of that, a lot of people accused him of anti-Blackness. Which oh, wait a minute. I, I hadn't known about that one. What was that one about? Well, um, it's. I put it in an article because I wanted to point to um, how he's been accused of anti-Blackness before, and it's not that he's anti-black, but I feel like he has a, a pretty glaring blind spot um, where, you know, black people are in the process of celebrating all these black celebrities receiving awards, um, uh, uh, you know, Emmys and stuff. And in that process, he, you know, drops a tweet, you know, saying, you know, when can Latinx get a piece of the pie? And Oh, I see what you're In other words, what, he wasn't what, being
0: anti-black. He was saying, hell, look at what's happening with... This other minority group, why can't it happen to ours as well?
4: Right. His perspective was that, but he he used a a clip or he used a a screenshot of the Washington Post article that said something about, you know, black artists, you know, winning all these awards. So a lot of people took that timing as, you know, basically trying to steal black people's joy in Mm -hmm. a sense. And that, and and if you're doing that, that's anti-black, but I, I don't, I don't believe that's what his intent was. And I think over time, a couple of days pass, people realize that that's not what his intent was. Um, however, it points to the to the blind spot situation that I was talking about. And this is one of the reasons why I'd like I'd love to have the conversation with him because there's very few people out there that can go as in depth as he can. And and you know how I like to do things. I'm very analytical. I get deep in
0: things, and and
4: I like to talk about the stuff nobody wants to talk about because. You know, that's the only way you're
0: going to achieve change. Well, let me right? tell you how deep this man is. Uh, this man is in leadership position in a mostly... I was going to say black, but it's a mostly African American women-led organization. Right, right. That's the kind of clout this man has. with the, guys, <laughs> the women out there—they—they—they—they they, they, they love you, man. If you hear Allison and all those folks talk about you, they just—they just think you're the best thing since apple pie. <laughs> That's awesome.
4: Yeah, and I and I appreciate that. You know, I, I don't. You know, I don't. Uh, you know, a lot of people would use that, like, "Hey, look, you know, I'm accepted here. I'm accepted there." But you know, it's not—it's not about any of that. Like, I came into the Writers and Editors of Color Collective. I was one of the first five or ten people. You know, Allison invited me after she read my uh, "White Latinos Don't Exist, Wannabes Do" article. No, that and, article um, was a bad
0: article, man. That—that uh, that one just—that was a bad article. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and you know, while my thoughts may have changed a little bit on that, they're still pretty much the same. You know, there's not very—you know—I'm just more careful about how I address things, but. Aside from that, you know, I, I joined that the collective early on, and he, they were a huge supporter of my work on Medium and outside of Medium. And, you know, I started supporting their work. And I made a, a commitment um at the beginning of 2020 to elevate more black writers. Um and it just so happened that that summer was the racial reckoning, you know, all that stuff with the Black Lives Matter protests. And uh I found myself in a position where I'm promoting a lot of black writers, and I'm communicating with black writers and becoming part of conversations with black writers while not injecting myself you know and I think that more if more people did that uh you know like what was the the phrase you know if you stop just shut up so you can listen if you're talking, you're not listening right right um I think if more people took that approach, um we could get a lot further, and you know for us for like Latinos and stuff I, I think that The true freedom for us can't happen until, you know, we achieve black liberation for black people in this country, you know, and that, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, economic justice, racial, I mean, maybe, you know, even reparations, um, you know, you talk about racial justice, police reform, things like that, um, because everything they ever use against black people inevitably gets used against us, right, against Latinos. We saw them do it to indigenous people, we saw them do it to the Chinese with the Chinese Exclusion Act. You know, things like every every white supremacist tool that was used against Black people inevitably gets turned and used against someone else. So, if we don't address the anti Blackness behind how the capitalist society in the United States is built, then we can't get forward either. You know that that's our that's the biggest hurdle and the biggest roadblock. If you can break down the anti Blackness in this country, then it opens the door for everybody. You know, the Civil Please. Rights Act the Civil Rights Act proved that. You know, when when Black people stood up and and got the Civil Rights Act. You know, they had the support of the Jewish community, a lot of like the farm workers and things like that. But once you know, black people achieved the Civil Rights Act. Who, who got freedoms from that? The LGBT community, Q community, Latinos did. You know, marriage equality, all that stuff. So, you know, with with whatever the black community has done, it's benefited everybody else.
0: Absolutely, so. I and mean, it's one of the communities that have struggled the most. Now, Arturo, um, we're coming close to the end of our conversation here. Why don't you tell me a little bit about the last few? I mean, I, I, I must admit, I hadn't read the last few articles. I get the emails in, but my, my bag have been so full, but the titles have been sure been intriguing. Tell us uh, a synopsis of your last few uh, articles, well, and I'm going to post them along with our blog.
4: Well, I did one uh, on Medium that I think is relatively important. Um, it's, you know, the deep state is usurping democracy. Uh, I talk about how, you know, right-wing, far-right people in government, at DHS, politicians in Congress, you know, what, what, what the right likes to say is the deep state. That's their deep state, and they're, you know, actively trying to overthrow our democracy. Um, the other thing, another issue that, I, that I've been trying to tackle is uh, the misinformation in, in, on Cuban social media. Um, it's, ter- <clears throat> it's terrible. Um, you know, you got these right-wing Cubans in Florida that that uh, spread lies, you know, like not just blatant, blatant lies. <clears throat> and uh, they promote all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and there's this thing where like, when you're looking at right-wing anti-communist Cubans, they have a more fa- fascist type of ideology where, you know, they want to go to Cuba, they want to overthrow communism, but they want to go to Cuba and say, you have to do this, like this, you know, they're not looking for, you know, Cuba to be, to have the power to self-determine, you know, and at this point, the way I see it is, is if the majority of Cubans support the current government, which I believe is still a true fact, um, then who are we to tell them otherwise, right? If we're a democratic
0: society, then if, we should allow the majority of Cubans to dictate
4: their own government. and how, I, they, want to, how they choose. I want
0: to stop you there for one reason, because I've said things like that before, but I'm not Cuban. I'm a born Panamanian. Right. You right. are Cuban. You are, you, right. you are from Cuban descent. So you have the right to make that sort of a statement. So I want to ask you something in that light, because one of the other things that I've said is that, uh, you know, we have in, in, in Panama, a lot of, a lot of our Panamanian, um, uh, people of color have actually come from Cuba, Jamaica, and all these other places. Right, but right. the one thing in Cuba is when when a Batista was in power, uh, people who looked like me spoke right. Spanish, were sweeping floors and dancing and singing. That's it. Right. If you're if you're lucky to dance and sing, you're you're a better off somebody who looks like me. But right. otherwise you're sweeping floors and cleaning up other people's crap. Right when and I saw- go ahead when the castro regime come in you can say whatever you want about the castro regime or whatever people who looked like me became engineers lawyers and doctors why don't you expand on that for me
4: well you know prior to castro what you know a lot of people tend to overlook is that uh in cuba you know it was just like in the united states you couldn't go to certain parks you couldn't go to certain pools you weren't allowed in you know there were whites only places all over cuba You know in the resort areas uh um you know havana and stuff like that if you were you know black like you said you were picking up other people's crap like you know you were sweeping floors and scrubbing toilets and that that's all that's the only work you could get and for all of castro's faults the one thing he got right was civil rights and yeah everybody's equally miserable But that's not totally Castro's fault and that's not totally, you know, Diaz-Canel's fault. That's the United States fault. You know, we have Donald Trump put, you know, 246 sanctions on Cuba in in just four years. And there was already, you know, two, three, 400 sanctions before that. So, you know, you you pay penalties for doing business with Cuba. Airbnb just found that out recently. They just got hit with a heavy fine for Mm operating airbnbs out of cuba and working with the government to do it because there's no other way to do it in cuba so you know i think if you know you lift the embargo all the economic sanctions you let them operate a free market economy like what cubans are trying to implement right now and let them do that uh cuba will be successful and nobody will be able to say anything about it you may hate the government you may hate all these things but you know you look at vietnam vietnam's communist government they they instilled installed a free market sort of capitalist type of society, private ownership of land, businesses, things like that. And they're doing fine. And they're still communist. So that's what Cuba wants to do, essentially. And I, 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 they, what, what do you say to Cubans when they're happy, you know,
0: even though it's a communist government? Right. It, it is amazing. And that is, a, that, that is our, our blind spot, mostly caused by ignorance and not understanding how the world operates. And, uh, and, and, and right. having folks write what you write and explain things the way you explain I think it's essential so um I thank you for that give me a little closer uh so that we can get out of here uh
4: as far as the closer um and if you want to just you know support uh the antagonist magazine uh the com, and you know I'm on medium as well um if you just look up at extreme Arturo anywhere on social media I'm pretty much there so uh Yeah, aside from that, um, I'm hoping to maybe have a conversation with John Leguizamo. Maybe he sees this. Maybe he reads the article that's scheduled to be published at some point today or tomorrow at Latino Rebels. Um, You know, I've tried communicating with him. He liked one of my uh, uh, posts on Instagram that I uh, I tagged him in. So maybe that's a step closer to having Uh, that. That's a step closer.
0: Well, look, Arturo Dominguez, publisher of Antagonist magazine, leader in Woke. Uh, among many other areas where he writes, I'll have that all in the correspondent blog. Arturo, It's first of all, I want to thank you for having turned me on to Woke. It's one of the happiest oh, places that I've been in a very long time. I just did an interview a few days ago, and I, 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 I told them that absent Arturo telling me about you guys, I would have never known about you guys. So I, I really do appreciate that. Please keep doing the work that you do because the importance and the depth of writing that you do is unparalleled. So you please keep doing it. There are not a lot of people doing that. And as far as uh, that article, I'm waiting, my brother. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics and Write. Thank you, Roberto. All right, folks, that was Arturo Dominguez. Now, uh, look, I need to address my good friend here. uh, uh, Tiala Wilson. And please don't consider what I'm going to say condescending. I don't want that at all. But here's the deal. I'm an engineer by training. There's a scientific process, okay? Uh, there are two things that we evaluate. One things that are em- evaluated empirically and the other things are are, are uh, evaluated the way you know we, we know the science of materials, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when you turn your car on, we know it's going to start if The the liquid gas turns into a vapor with enough oxygen in it and a spark hits it. We know that engine is going to fly every single time. It's repeatable. It can happen. With medicine, it's, it's a bit more dubious because there are so many parameters that we don't have control over in medicine that there are certain things we have to discern empirically. As an example, that's why we have double blind studies, right? We have, uh, we have one study that, that, has a, 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 that doesn't have the real medicine, another one that has it. We compare the results and then we see what makes the results different. A lot of times you have to optimize that. With these vaccines, and, and the other thing that I want to say before I go into the science again, is remember, there's a difference between the scientists that work for Big Pharma. Big Pharma is evil. They only care about money, they don't care about you. The scientists do care about you. Okay, they care about science. They care about doing things that work, and the doctor, the the good doctors that aren't money hungry, they 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 believe in the Hippocratic Oath, etc. So that's where I'm going. The reality about the about these vaccines is when all these studies and empirical things are done, there is a difference between not being vaccinated and vaccinated. By the way, you are correct in a statement that you make when you say our family could have intrinsic properties within us that makes us less susceptible to certain types of, let's say, airborne diseases or lung current. That's an absolutely true statement. It could be that different people have different results based on that. But in the aggregate, we're saying these particular vaccines work when compared to those not having the vaccine. So that, that's a statement of fact that we have proven thus far. Uh, I I, I am happy that you brought up Henrietta Lack. Henrietta Lack proves the evil of the corporatocracy driven medical establishment. Okay? I am with you. But what we cannot allow people to do, like the Kennedy, uh, the anti-vaxxer Kennedy, etc., we cannot allow them to conflate different issues to have us work against our own interests. And the other thing, Miss Wilson, just like I tell everybody, if I am to be corrected on something that I said, I will come out here and say it. And to all that are listening as well, I ask you to keep your minds open to change. That's all. Keep your minds open to change and to also there's nothing saying there's nothing wrong with being wrong. What's wrong is being wrong and not wanting to accept being wrong. I've been people have called me out here and I've come right out and said, Oops, you got me, I'm wrong. The reason I'm saying that is there are too many people getting hurt because they're following a methodology in their thought process that either prevents them from wanting to back down from their positions, and it is it is horrendously wrong not on just ourselves but on others. So all I'm asking everybody here and you know whether you're right wing left wing I don't care you guys all I love you all man but let's not do that. Uh, Michael says I, I, "I there's a whole bunch I know I didn't read but uh, Michael has the last few words so I'm to go to Michael. Like Bertha tomorrow I would appreciate if you would take seven minutes to play MLK's I Have a Dream speech in full for Daniel Ledeau. He's focused on online speech He's focused on one line from the speech. I'm betting that he and most conservatives like him have never seen the whole thing. I didn't see what Daniel Ledeau wrote, but I'm sure going to look for what he wrote about Martin Luther King. Because what he doesn't realize is Martin Luther King was a Republican socialist. But he, he, he would think, oh my God, my God, that's not so. But anyhow... Look, guys, you could be anywhere, but you're here with me. I want to thank you so kindly. My name is Egberto. Oh, before I go again, let me just ask you to please remember there's a catch-all support link. That's the only one that, that I'm go- going to give you right now. PoliticsDoneRight.com slash support. PoliticsDoneRight.com slash support. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I end this, baby. I am what? out. Oh.